Hello and welcome to Learning More with the Core, your community health core podcast. My name is Keely Hancock and I'm a current social work intern with Community Health Corps, East Texas's local mental health authority. Today I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with one of Community Health Corps' intensive services caseworkers. James Bremley has been a part of CHC's ACT team for four years after receiving his bachelor's from the University of North Texas in history and sociology. So without further ado, Mr. James Bremley. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> How are you today, James? I'm quite well. How about yourself, Miss Keeley? Oh, I am just ready for this conversation. I, I've been waiting all week. <laughs> so, James, can you, I mean, first, a lot of people don't know what ACT stands for. Could you tell people what that is? But yes, um, ACT is an acronym for Assertive Community Treatment. Community Treatment, yeah, that's what it is. I thought so. <laughs> just testing you, just testing you. Um, so, within the ACT team, can you walk us through, like, a typical day? You know, what services are provided? So let me preface my response with there's really no such thing as a typical day. Um, on Mondays and Wednesdays we have our staff meetings so that can be kind of typical but after that it, it, um, it can run the gamut between somebody doing really well, somebody needing something as simple as a food box, um, maybe transportation to their either physical psych doctor appointments or maybe um, for an injection. And then there's always the looming possibility of running into a crisis situation, which can, you know, I mean, they vary greatly and can be extremely unique to the individual and the circumstances that they're experiencing at the time. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of a broad generalization. So let me create a day um, let's say I start on a Monday, go to staff meeting by about 10, 1030, I'm out in the field. Our goal is to see, oh, I mean, there's no set number, but anywhere from four to six clients in a day. You focus on recovery plans and... So, in addition to trying to meet our clients' physical needs, mental needs, we also have to keep up with paperwork as well <laughs> so there are recovery plans there are different assessments uh, recovery plans tend to last for 90 days and then we will review them every 90 days um, we also have different assessments that can span the time of a year or that may have to be redone every time a person every six months or and those are just like based on that that person's what they're trying to address like their practical issues and like what they're trying to obtain whether that's medical or psychiatric care or finding and maintaining like a safe house or training to improve life skills or very good question so yes <laughs> um we have we call them fidelities and that is what is included on the recovery plans so we have some clients that are homeless or unhoused. Um, unhoused is a very good term. <laughs> um, displaced or facing the prospect of that coming soon. So we have a supported housing fidelity where we work to get them on housing lists in neighboring communities 
Longview's just opened up for a few hours last Thursday, and I believe that's going to be it for the year. It's very slow moving and yeah, tedious progress. Yes. Also, with housing, the recent surge in housing prices um, mm. has, and increasing rents at different apartments mm. um, that are being bought by new owners. So, housing is one of the most difficult aspects of um, what we do, but it's also one of the most rewarding if you do have success with it. So some people they're looking for housing, some people they're looking for like getting their social security card or their birth certificate so that they can get a job, so that they can get a car and they can like prosper in life, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the client's goal, yes. So you're working um, towards that client's goal. Right. And we also have fidelities for supported employment where we go over different kind of coping skills for say job interviews, yeah. how to dress, how to talk, and we we have co uh, fidelities for, like specialized fidelities for PTSD mm -hmm. or um, substance abuse. Yeah. And typically the adults that you're seeing are, they have to be diagnosed with um, schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder or like severe depression or bipolar. Yes, and as far as the clients that receive ACT services, so the requirements for ACT services is a consumer has to have been hospitalized for over a 30-day period within a two-year span, mm -hmm. or a consumer has to have been hospitalized multiple times within, say, a six-month span or depending on their strengths or lack thereof versus their barriers. Um, yeah. So we do have an assessment called the ANSA, which is the Adult Needs and Strengths Assessment <laughs> that somehow magically has an algorithm after we've entered all our uh, consumers' responses to the individual questions, it will spit out a recommendation of what service package this client is most likely going to need or benefit from the most. That being said, clients still run the show. I mean, this is their, their services, vehicle. Yeah. We're just along for the ride with them. Yeah. So they can accept services or they can refuse services or they can ask to be placed on a different service package. Mm -hmm. Only thing they can't do is once they have graduated from level four, we cannot keep them at level four once they've graduated. Okay. So with your clients, would you say there's like a typical client? No, I would not. <laughs> Every client is unique. I mean, you would think there's there's a little bit of uniformity with like say diagnoses, mm -hmm. but within these diagnoses with different clients, they, there's a multitude of different symptoms that they experience. So like, are I, they relatable? I mean, t I would say yes. All our clients are relatable. They're human beings. If you can't relate on that level, at least just that one level, then you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. Now, do clients do, does anybody, do they have peccadillos? Do they have, you know, foibles that, you know, other people in general might not appreciate? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we all do. Yeah. We're human beings. But um, as far as relatable, yes. I mean, have 
have we not all struggled at some point in our lives? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if they're asking for help, then, I mean, let's give it to them. Yeah, right. Okay. Ain't no shame in that. So in that work and in that serving and assisting, are there any needs that aren't being met? I believe there is a plethora, a veritable cornucopia of needs not being met in our the demographic we we serve, a very vulnerable demographic. Um, these range from family support. Some of our clients have great family support. They stay with family or family is willing to do whatever they need to help them. Other clients aren't as lucky um, to have that family support. Yeah. There's financial support, like say, either from the government in the form of Social Security Disability or SSI, or just something to help with the skyrocketing uh, housing costs. Yeah. There's gaps with how the, let me preface this with there are a lot of community resources that we are lucky to have yes. here in Longview. Oh my God, um, yeah. But there, there's still more that I believe the community can do, and probably part of that is going to be, you know, raising awareness to destigmatize the people that we serve. I believe there are huge gaps in the judicial system for serving our demographic. I believe that uh, not only here in Gregg County, but the state of Texas, that I forget the exact uh, percentage, but we incarcerate rather than attempt to treat mm -hmm. a very large population yeah. from the people who experience mental health needs. Exactly. Most of the prisons are filled with people struggling with mental illness. A lot of our clients are in and out because society doesn't know what to do with them, so let's just put them in this cage and Exactly. And see and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um so also a, a huge gap in my opinion is the funding from the government and this could be on a local state and federal level just for investments and in new hospitals i know in the state of texas i was i was really excited to hear a year or two ago that rust state hospital was building a new wing to add i believe it was 200 yeah. beds and then I guess maybe I read the article with a little bit more optimism than I should have because then I found out they were taking away the existing mm -hmm. wing that they were housing their uh, patients on. So that being said, if we've got a client in crisis and we don't have a there's not a hospital bed available for them, I mean, we are, I'm just saying there's dearth of resources yeah. from the medical field to get um, our people help. So before working on ACT and coming into this field, I know you double majored in history and soci sociology, did you think, did you have a different perception of what this job would be and how many resources there were and like what's changed from like green right out of college, James, to I've been in ACT for four years? Well, so as far as like even when I went to interview for this job and everything, they were pretty good about saying, you know, we, we can explain what goes on in different instances, but I mean, there's no way to truly understand it until you get in the field 
with different clients. I will say that it's not as intimidating as maybe I first thought it would be. It's very difficult to articulate what we do. Um, what, like, what did, I'm going to throw a question at mm -hmm. you, Keely. Yeah. Uh, when you shadowed with ACT or any of the other units, um, did you go in there with like a preconceived idea of how it would be and did that preconceived idea turn out to be true, false, somewhere in the middle? What? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a human. I had preconceived ideas. I needed to be stern and reserved and just get in and get out. And once I let myself just kind of be with another person in a room and just listen to them and believe their experiences, things started to change in my mind. It's not what I perceived it to be. It's not people milking the system. It's not um, people not wanting to work. It's, it's so much more complex than that. It's not a black and white answer. There's a big gray area that no one talks about. <laughs> so. I agree. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> that I could provide something. Me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, well, that answered my other question. Um, what was the other question? Well, what's something you wish the public knew? But. Um, well, here's an interesting tidbit. <laughs> They're all around you. <laughs> in the grocery store. <laughs> in the public bathrooms. Yep. In your schools. Yep. And your jobs. Serving you at Roadhouse. We're everywhere. Judds. In the kitchens. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, it is contagious. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me that the first time I shadowed with you. And that has stuck with me. So, that being said, um, I use contagious in the loosest sense of the word. Um, one of the most important things as a um, care provider is to provide care for yourself you know practice self-care um you have to get you some you time by doing whatever you do to do yeah you need to know yourself for yes. sure if you're going to work in this field and, and work with these clients and um you've got a skill set with all the coping skills that you know to <laughs> you can use them on it's themselves true. they're not just for the people you <laughs> no serve. No, and many of the people who work with Community Health Corps, I'm sure, struggle with their own, their own stuff. There's reasons people work in this yeah. uh, field. They want to be of help to somebody. I'm, I mean, I think at the very least, somebody's been in a dark time, and they don't want somebody else to feel alone in that dark time. And I think that's where a lot of our employees come from. That is a very optimistic view. It is. I'm trying to be optimistic today. You're doing a great job because <laughs> I, too, share that belief. I just wouldn't have painted it so prettily. Well, with being on ACT, can you give us one frustrating thing and, and two rewarding parts of your job? Okay. Um, usually, most of the frustration comes from housing. So... The housing issue is multifaceted because, like say, there's not enough low-income housing available to suit our clients. Which there's That's not. one facet. Um, say 
that we have a client who is fresh out of prison or has been jailed multiple times where um, unfortunately like I think there's a uniform apartment rental application mm-hmm. that they will fail every time because they have been incarcerated mm-hmm. either for certain offenses or for um, so many in a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, so you're saying that person just because they were in prison don't deserve to have their basic needs met? That's frustrating. <laughs> it's very frustrating and a perfect way to put them back in the system. Yes. Yes. Um, now two rewarding. Two, two rewarding two things. Positive rewarding things. All right. About your job. Let's end it on a good note. Yeah, of course. <laughs> positive things. I mean, like one, and this is a generalized one, is like say uh, the day that somebody gets their Social Security benefits and status, whether that's SSI or SSDI, because usually. The process takes an inordinate amount Forever. of time. Ever. And um, and if somebody doesn't have a support, goodness. Exactly. <laughs> also, I mean, the person has, it takes a lot of patience to wait this out yeah. and uh, riding out a lot of sad situations to get to that point. But when they put in the work too, I mean, I think they appreciate it as well yeah. one other rewarding situation is seeing clients graduate you know seeing people progress and actually utilize yes. the skills well it's not just the skills so I mean it's going to be to me in my opinion and observation is one of the main things is med compliance after med compliance is coping skills because medications are going to take care of a certain yeah. percentage of what's going on with the individual and then the coping skills are going to supplement the rest. Okay, so to tie it in a bow, self-reliance. Their self-reliance has just increased? Their ability for self-care, I guess self-reliance, you can use that term. Progressing how they want to progress. Yeah. And, uh, and, and getting success on their own terms. It's a person-centered. It's very much so a person-centered. Person-centered form of care. Is there a generalized success rate for our clients? If so, what does that look like? It is unique to the individual. (laughs) Um, Each person comes into uh, services with their own unique goals, um, what they want to accomplish, symptoms they want to work on to improve their response to them. It's, uh, it's extremely unique to the individual. Some people just want their own place. One thing that we can do to help these people is to try to destigmatize mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's prevalent. Well, thank you, James, for making time to talk to us today and just being honest and open. That goes such a long way. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me.